On this episode of Eager to Know, the role of faith in keeping things moving and why obstacles can be considered adventures. We all have a creative part of our brain, whether we use it or not, for generating new ideas, problem solving, and just viewing ourselves in this world. I am Ricky McGeckron, an artist living in Chicago, and I am eager to know and share with you all how people of a creative leaning have brought this way of thinking to the forefront and how it has shifted outcomes. Juan is an entrepreneur, TV host, artist, designer, and speaker. He travels the world painting and exhibiting his work, as well as commercializing his brand, Dream Big. We spoke about how he transitioned from an athlete to an artist, and how his childhood established the values that have allowed him to be successful. A small programming note, the audio on this episode sounds a bit different than usual because it was not recorded in my usual studio. So Juan, your background originally was very focused on physicality. You did triathlons, you were a tennis instructor, you were a tennis player. So you now do not, you, that's like a different part of your mind. Now you obviously use a different part. Can you tell me a little bit about the experience of using physicality in your daily life and in your work? So, yes, I'm, uh, you know, I was a tennis player, grew up since I was six years old playing tennis. Um, played until I was 24, then I became a triathlete, but all along I, you know, I was running. So like you said, you know, my life was more as an athlete. Um, and that, uh, I guess that discipline, so a lot of things um, I use now in my work as an artist or as a designer. Um, an entrepreneur as well, you know, a lot of it is the, the discipline that you develop, um, doing a sport for so many years. Yeah. Um, so a lot of that translate or has translated has been very beneficial. So discipline, um, also, you know, when you're in sports or, or you have, you know, you use your, your physical ability in a sports setting, um, competition, you know, the will to win. Yes. Um, all of that has helped me a lot as an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I do two things. I'm a designer artist, yep. but I'm also an entrepreneur. Gotcha. Um, I, you know, there's some people that are just creative and they're not so much entrepreneurs. Yes. They need somebody else, you know, to help them get their, you know, their workout. To, yeah, to move it forward. To move it forward. With me, you know, I've been pretty fortunate that I have both. Yes. Um, and a lot of the skills that I learn in the physical world, you know, sports world, yeah, um, have helped me, you know, not give up. I mean, I did Ironmans. Yeah. yeah, that that's very interesting. So really, those so so being a triathlete and being a tennis pro that developed some foundational skills. It sounds like they were discipline and competitiveness that have helped you be successful in your creative career. Yes. Um, for example, tennis is more, you need to be more patient. Okay. Tennis is more of a pay. I mean, you know, it's physical, but you know, it's like, you know, sl uh, small 30 second, one minute, you know, that you're going fast or running, then you get a break. Okay. It's more mental. Yes. Well, I mean, all sports are mental, but tennis is more, you know, patience, yep. um, strategy. Yes. And then you take triathlon, I mean, take an Ironman that lasts 10 hours nonstop. You know, you don't, I mean, you can get a break if you want to, but 
the, the goal is to, you know, to finish as fast as possible. So um, Ironman, to, you know, up to a certain point after certain hours, it's all about <laughs> not quitting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, you don't get that time that you get in tennis to sit down, you know, when there's changeovers and, you know, use a towel, you know, yeah. triathlon is just go, 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 go for, you know, it's, I mean, if you're decent, you know, you do nine hours. Yeah. So during that period, were you creative in any way or were you really just driven by those other, those ideas that we talked about around discipline and competitiveness? No, I, as a, you know, young kid, no, I was never creative in the sense that I never painted, I never uh, designed, I, I never took art classes. My dad, when I was, you know, seven, uh, he put me on tennis. I love tennis. Yeah. And really, that became my, you know, my, my life. Yeah. Uh, I used to go running with, with my mom, too. Um, yep. she was also very athletic, so we would go swimming, That's running. That's great. That's a, you're very lucky to have that, to have, yeah. have parents that embrace physical fitness and were they competitive as well? My dad played soccer competitively. Yeah. My mom, not, but she just liked to swim. We grew up in, in Mexico, up in the mountains. And so I would go with my mom since I was six, seven. I mean, we, we would walk, but I would run and, yeah. you know, I mean, it was fun, you know, and I mean, my greatest memories are either playing tennis with my dad uh, at the club uh, or, you know, running or walking on the mountain with my with my mom. Okay. Um, so I think that background really gave me, uh, you know, since I'm 47, Obviously, I mean, I was competitive from the the age of seven, yep. eight, um, until thirty. Yeah. So that's twenty four years of every day. I knew every day. I you know I had a goal. I would wake up and either you know if it was tennis, then I played tennis and tournaments, and I played in college. Then after college, it was triathlon. You know, I did for five years travel around the wow. world yep. uh, with triathlon. Um, so, you know, 24 years of doing something that wa that wires your brain when you're doing something, anything daily, mm -hmm. whether it's good or bad, the little neurons in your brain are being rewired to mm -hmm. support whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't even know I was going to be an entrepreneur or an artist or a designer because I didn't discover that gift until, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. So let's talk. Let's talk about that. So it sounds like at some point a creative door opened. Mm -hmm. that was not opened before. And it mm -hmm. sounds like it happened a little bit later. Um, a lot of the people that I interview who are visual artists, they always talk about how they were pretty universally the artsy kid. They were always doing arts and crafts. When a project in school was needed that required an artist, everyone would always look to them. It sounds like you were not that, and that really this door opened around the age of, you know, in your 30s. Uh -huh. Can you tell me about that experience of that opening up? Yeah, I mean, so I wasn't even looking into it, you know. It wasn't, you know, like you mentioned, you know, I wasn't like the typical kid that, you know, always did art. But no, you know, um, I mean, re it really happened. My first uh, kind of like opening into the, the more, the, what's the word? It was television first which is different than art, you know, but it's still more creative. Yep. 
Um, it was when I met uh, this guy who owned a non-profit TV network and just talking, he offered me to do a TV show on his network. Um, he didn't pay me because he was a non-profit uh, network, but he told me, hey, if you do a show here to inspire people, I'll put it on the air. And so I was like, okay. You know, I thought about it and I said, well, I have nothing to lose, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I've always been very open-minded to opportunities. Sure. I studied business and I, nev I never thought, okay, I'm just going to go work for somebody for the rest of my life. Okay. Um, and so when that opportunity came to me, I said, well, where are the chances that you meet someone that offers you to do the TV show and he will air it for free? And, you know, so I was like, okay, I'm going to try it. If, I, if I'm not good, then, you know, I'll stop doing it. It, you, you basically said, what the heck, why not? So where did that come from? Where did that, because a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people are presented with opportunities such as you were presented and they're afraid and they don't jump on it. But you obviously were not and you were open to, uh, you were very open to new experiences, new challenges. Where did that come from? Were you always like that? Was that because of was that associated with the, the exercise and the tennis and the triathlons? Um, yeah, I, I think it also goes back to my parents because my mom, since I was very, very young, she always told me all things are possible. Um, she said, just fo follow your passion. She said, you have a purpose for being here other than just go work like everybody does just to pay their bills. Um, and she said, always have faith. Um, and then my dad on the other side, you know, put me into sports. So it was this great combination of faith, believing that you're here with a purpose um, and that things happen at the right time. And so I grew up just like I have an open mind. Somebody comes and tells me like, hey, do this, like I'll do it. You know, I have no uh, boundaries, not, uh, maybe boundaries is not the, the right word. I have no limits in, yeah. my, in my mind, you know. Yeah. Because humans tend to limit themselves. You know, we put a limit on what we think we can achieve when sometimes we haven't even tried something, you know. Sure. So when this guy offered me to do the TV show, I said, okay, sure. I didn't even have equipment or the money to do it, you know. Um, but that was the first time I got into a creative world. And then I realized that after the show started airing, that my, my, what I was trying to communicate was, you know, because people started writing me to thank me and to tell me that I was so, inspiring. So them. you got feedback. So I got this, you know, positive feedback. And I'm like, wow, like, this is great. Like, I must be doing something right. Because if you can impact people yeah. in a positive way, it means you're, you know, you're doing something, something right. Uh, so that was the first entrance. Um, the second thing that happened was about four years after I started uh, the TV show, uh, one day I was doodling on a napkin. Yeah. Um, but like I, I tell people I wasn't, you know, I didn't think like, oh, I'm going to paint something today. No, I was just... You're just, just doodling. Doodling. And a lady was watching me and uh, she asked me if I was an artist. I said no. And she said, well, you, sh you need to paint. Okay. Now, where, where were you when this happened? I was in Nashville. Were you in a coffee shop? Were no, I was at a friend's house. At a friend's house. Yeah, it was a friend of my friend. She was an artist. And actually, a few days before, we had gone to her kind of like studio. And it was funny because when I saw her stuff, I thought to myself, like, I'm like, I think I could do 
N- not in a bad way, you know, but I'm like, I think I could do this yeah. when, when I was looking at her work, you yeah. know. Um, and so, you know, a few days later, she came to, to visit my, my friend. And, um, and I was just, you know, doodling and she was like, hey, you know, you need to, you need to paint. And so I was like, well, how do I paint, you know? And she was like, well, just if you can paint on a napkin, just make them bigger. Okay. Um, and so you said, what the heck? Well, yeah, but I also thought like, okay, like, I don't know if I can do it, you know. I mean, I was open to it, but... But you had no background in visual arts. No. But you were open to it. So I was open to it, so I went and I bought some material, but I mean, I went and bought a piece of wood at Home Depot, and then I bought cheap uh, Walmart painting, you know, it was just basic stuff. Um, And every night I would sit uh, at a table... And just paint. And one thing that... Yeah, I, so every night you did that? Mm-hmm. Every night. Every night. Every night. Every night. Sounds sounds like the discipline that you developed as a child... In sports. That manifested itself uh-huh. or, or re- was it able to be put to, to good use here. Mm-hmm. And then one thing that I do uh, know that happened, it was when I started uh, trying to combine colors. Yeah. It was as if someone was guiding me. Okay. Um, to pick the right colors to to paint. Okay. You know, and it w- I I mean I recognize because I didn't. Re- it wasn't just me. You know, it wasn't like me thinking, oh, what color should I put? You know, for a painting to look nice or you know if it's very colorful, it needs to have the right balance of sure. colors, right? Yeah. Um, and so when I started painting, it was like as if somebody drew my eyes to the next color. It was something beyond your brain mm-hmm. that you would normally use in everyday decision making. Mm-hmm. There was something else that was coming through you. Yeah, and that to me was very unusual. Um, so you hadn't experienced that before in other areas of your life? Uh, I mean, as a tennis player, but it's more skills. Yep. I mean, painting is also skills, but I think painting is different than sports. Of course. It's, it's, it's totally different, you know? Um, no, I, I had never experienced, you know, like having this kind of like inner um, inner guide or somebody guide you to pick what was there. And then I would use that color and then I was like, wow, like it looks good, you know. And then I would go to bed, wake up in the morning. And the first thing I would I would do was like wake up to look at it. And I'm like, wow, like this is crazy that I am doing this, yeah. you know, um, because eventually I started showing them to people. And people were drawn to the to the paintings. Um, you know, a lot of people started commenting the, how they like the paintings, how they make them feel certain positive feelings. Um, and that's that was the second part of you know how I got involved in the more creative um, you know aspect of what I do now. Yeah. So it sounds like those two examples were. Examples of you paying attention to what was going along, going on around you, and being open to connections with others, um, and and obviously you're putting out an energy. So, for instance, the person who you engaged with, who suggested that you would could do this television show, obviously you're putting out an energy of you want to make a connection with someone, and people are feeling connected to you. But then again, and that was sort of the same thing with the doodling, where you are 
people are feeling like they can approach you and you're putting out this energy with your creativity. But that again was combined with taking those two opportunities and using your discipline mm -hmm. and working really, really hard and to make them into what, you know, eventually where you, where you are today. Yes. I, I, and I think, you know, a lot of people get, I think we all, you know, we all humans get opportunities. Yes. I don't think just one person gets everything, you know, I mean, we're every day we're like flooded with opportunities. Do you think that people just don't notice them? I think people don't have their inner voice awaken some of them uh, because you cannot live life just by thinking that one plus one is two. It, I mean, one plus one, it is two. But if you live life just like that, you miss out on so many opportunities. If you just do everything by the book every single day, you always get the same results that, that you know, of, of, of what you're doing. Sometimes you need to stop thinking with your head and you need to let things, you know, be open to things. And I think I've always been, um, I've always had a dream, always. First it was tennis, then triathlon, then, you know, I built this, the tennis business, then the TV, then the painting. So I've always had something bigger than myself, bigger than I could control. Okay. Um, to, to be passionate about. Yeah. I always did. I've, I've always done the same with every dream. You wake up the next morning and it's like, how, how am I going to do this yeah. dream? You know, discipline, working hard. I never take no for an answer. Um, and I think a lot of people out there, you know, they're like, okay, yeah, well, I have this dream. But the next day, you know, they wake up at 12. Yep. And I mean, I put. In, I see that all the time. You know, I put in 14 years with my brand, Dream Big, which includes the TV part the the merchandising now and my art it's been 14 years of you know 12 14 hours a day yeah um i would have not been able to do that if i didn't have the discipline that i i had since i was you know since i was young um i mean you can become disciplined at any stage in your life you know just yeah. because you didn't play sports or you didn't have discipline when you were a kid doesn't mean that if you're 40 you cannot start to have some discipline but it takes you know it takes um discipline <laughs> to be yeah. disciplined yeah no yeah no that makes complete sense that makes complete sense to me so you are currently a designer entrepreneur and you travel around the world when you were a kid growing up did you ever envision that this is what your life would be no um maybe traveling yes you know because i always like traveling but as a designer, artist, entrepreneur, you know, that I would have in merchandising and uh, stores. Uh, no, because I, I didn't even grow up around people like that. I grew up, you know, my dad was an engineer, but he was very athletic. Um, my grandfather was, uh, he had a successful business uh, as an accountant. And I was surrounded more with business people um, okay. other, other than, you know, creative you know, creative people. So I was never in front of, you know, painters or designers or, I mean, sometimes you hear the stories of uh, famous designers and they tell you like, hey, my grandmother had a sewing room. Right. I, yeah, you do hear that a lot. You know, and, you know, I was always in, you know, with the textiles and, and, you know, that's where my love from. That's not your story. No, my, you know, it was totally up. And then sports, 
obviously had nothing to do with design and, and art. My first dream, yes, it was to be a professional tennis player. Mm -hmm. um, I got to play in college in the US. Um, and then I realized that, okay, I was already 24. And, you know, my talent what gave me to accomplish to play in college, you know. But that didn't, uh, I didn't, you know, a lot of people, when they don't accomplish one dream, they get, uh, they get mad at life. Or like, why didn't, if I had this dream, how come it didn't happen? And for me, and then, it's, and then it's over. And then it's over. Like, they don't do anything else with their life. Yeah. For me, it wasn't like that. I took it as, a, okay, you know, I accomplished this. I'm 24. I'm sure I'm going to do many other things. Um, and that way of thinking was because of my mom as well. Yeah. You know, my parents, how they raised me. You know, you don't take one failure as is the end of the world. And it doesn't matter what age you are. Is that something that they told you or is that something that they lived and you observed or both? They, they lived. Um, for example, my parents were divorced when I was 15 and it was very hard for me. But I always saw my mom happy. Always. You know, I never saw her like, and I never heard from both of them like, you know, talking bad about each other. Each yeah. of them, you know, lived their separate lives and... You know, I saw that they were happy and I'm like, okay, well, you know, that was an obstacle in their lives that they overcame, but happy and they both, you know, grew in their lives. Yeah. Um, I think people get to obstacles and suddenly if they cannot overcome that obstacle, it's like their, their life is over, you know. Or they blame it or they blame it on others. Or they blame it on, on others. Yes. You know, and it's very easy to blame your failures on other people. Oh, you know, he didn't do this or, you know, sure. there's so many excuses you can make. Which sometimes are valid, but you can't focus on them. You have to focus on what you can change and what you can do in your own behavior. Yes. I mean, I could have blamed my parents. You know, they were divorced and now, like, well, you know, what was going to happen with my life? And I, I, I know so many people that are so mad at their parents, you know, when, like, I love both of my parents. And, yeah. hey, great that, you know, it's just... You, you know, when you start seeing obstacles as adventures and ways to overcome them. Obstacles as adventures. I've never heard of. I mean, it's like if you're going to go climb Everest. It's a big obstacle to yeah. get. But if you're passionate about climbing, you're going to make sure you overcome every obstacle. And each step you take could be an adventure in a way, you know. Sure. So for me, obstacles are... Every day is an adventure, you know. Uh, I mean, up to, I mean, today I don't even worry about obstacles. So you have a level of confidence in yourself that, regardless of what is thrown in front of you, you'll be able to get through it and potentially even embrace it as an adventure. Yes, and um, confidence in myself and also faith. Without faith, it's really hard to to do anything. So is this faith in like a? like a God higher power or like a type of thing? Or is this faith? In, can you tell me a little bit about that? It's a combination. I have faith in God. Okay. Um, I'm not religious. Um, I mean, I grew up Catholic. Because in Mexico, everybody's Catholic. But just because you're born in a country, you know, everybody tells you, oh, I'm Catholic, you yeah. know. Um, so I'm not so much religious, but my mom instilled in my grandmother was Jewish. So my, my mom instilled in us, you know, to believe that, there's a God that's bigger than you, that yep. has a purpose for your life, that can guide you. 
but then you also need to have confidence and faith in you. Yes. Because I also know a lot of people that pray to their God or a God, and then they wake up and they don't believe in what they're doing. So. Or they don't do anything. Or they don't do anything. Like they pray in the morning and then they're in bed till noon. Yeah. Not, not acting. Yeah. And so I have, I'm very fortunate that I have both. I have it's faith. a partnership. Yeah. I have faith in God and I have faith in myself. Um, I'm confident in my talents. I'm confident in who I am. Uh, I mean, I don't brag about, you know, myself, but you need to have a, a certain level of confidence in and believe in what you're doing and who you are. Of course. If not, people think like, okay, this guy doesn't even believe in what he's doing. Um, so I think it's very important to, to I mean, for me, there, I, there's been so many obstacles, like so many, you know, but I've also seen miracles. Okay. Through this adventure, I've seen so many miracles that there's no way I could have uh, orchestrated all of that to happen yeah unless there was something someone bigger watching over me okay you know? um, and I think people don't experience miracles a lot of times because they don't step out if you control everything every day how do you expect to let someone in you know what I mean it's, I know exactly it, it, what you it's mean it's really hard regardless of whether it's a spiritual well I think it's probably always a spiritual thing but whether it's a religious thing there's a, um, an idea of sort of letting go the reins mm -hmm. of things in your life from your own control. And it does open you up to things that, to who knows what's going to happen. For instance, I mean, even those examples that you gave where it was about the doodling and someone observing it, that's something you could not have controlled or planned. Or, you know, you can't go and get a, a degree from a business school and plan an experience like that. That is simply being yourself and being open and letting things happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll tell you just one example of a miracle, for me, a miracle. Okay. You know? It's after a few years that I started painting. I was doing the TV show for free in LA. In 2008, there was like the crisis, housing crisis. So my tennis business was going down because people didn't want to play as much anymore. Anyway, so I ended up with like, I didn't have a place to live anymore. So I was investing all my money on the TV show and painting. So painting didn't give me any money at the beginning. Yeah. And so literally I had, from living in Santa Monica on the beach, like I gave up that, having a fancy, expensive convertible, gave up that, ended up uh, borrowing a car from my brother who has a car business, but he lent me like the cheapest car he had, a $500 car with the windshield broken. So you had all the stuff and now you didn't have the and stuff. And then nothing, you know? And literally that night I didn't have any gas. I, I had a cent in my pocket, literally, a few quarters. And I was parked in Beverly Hills um, in front of this coffee bean. I, I used to, like Starbucks, you know, I used to go to this coffee bean and just I would work there. And I was like laughing because I'm like, okay, like, you know, I, I do have this dream. I work really hard, but, you know, I have no gas, nothing to eat, and, you know, 75 cents in my pocket. And it was like, the little boys just told me, like, hey, you know, go, like, every night you go to the coffee bean and just sit there and work. And I said, oh, sure, you know, I'm going to do that again. So, yeah, I got out of the car and uh, went in the coffee bean, and I started one of the tables. And at that time, I had this hand-painted T-shirt that I was painting myself. And um, so I just got out of my computer, and about 20 minutes later, there was a guy sitting close by, 
And he's like, hey, um, I like the t-shirt you're wearing. I said, oh, you know, thank you. He said, where do you get it? I said, well, I paint them. You know, I'm an artist. And he said, well, how much do you charge for, you know, to paint one? I said, you know, about $80. He said, okay, you know, let's exchange uh, information, you know, okay. before we go, blah, blah. So a few minutes later, I kept working, and then he got up and he said, hey, nice to meet you. Give me your contact. And then he put his hand in his... I didn't tell him my story of that I had nothing and nothing. I mean, I just told him I was an artist and I was working there. And he put his hand in his pocket and he said, hey, do you mind if I give you uh, $40 as an advance? You know, I mean, I knew that was a miracle. Yeah. Because I didn't... I had 75 cents. And I said, sure. You know, I took the $40. Okay. Um, gave him my, my contact. He left and... A week later, he brought me a t-shirt, I painted it, and he paid me the other $40. I mean, that's one. I can tell you hundreds of sure. miracles. Um, but, you know, a lot of people in that situation would be like, why me? You know, why do I have to go through this? That's what I mean, like adventure. I mean, that to me is like, uh, it's better than climbing Mount Everest, you know? Yeah, um, that, that makes sense. And, and let me just uh, comment on that. Because you're saying that some people, when they would be at a coffee shop with 75 cents, they would be, why me? And if you, and, and someone who is in a why me, it shows in your stance. And someone is not going to approach them to buy a t-shirt. Mm -hmm. Because it's going, they're going to be giving off that energy. And it sounds like you were obviously not giving off that energy. You were, I don't know where your head was, but it obviously was not in a place of desperation. Uh, you were, and people were detecting that. And that's the confidence you have. And, yeah. and that's how you, I explain faith. If you had met me back then, I would, same person. Maybe yeah. I had less gray hair, you know, but, yeah. but you wouldn't haven't even have thought that I only had 75 cents. Because I'm this, I'm, my personality doesn't change according to, you know, the weather or according to how much money I have. Yeah, in the bank. According you know? to the outside stuff. According to the outside stuff. Yeah. And that's what happens when you're grounded inside. Yeah. And when you have this confidence and this faith. So how do you think that people could find that inner confidence and that faith and that groundedness? People that are listening to this. Um, so I think faith comes by feeding your spirit. Okay. You know, I think... Nowadays, it's even tougher to feed your spirit because we're bombarded with so much trash. I mean, you know, yeah. social media, internet, I mean, everything out is just not, I mean, few things feed your, feed your spirit. You know, you turn the news on and it's like killings everywhere. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I'm also very fortunate since I was a kid, you know, my mom always um, sewed in us our spirit. Okay. Not all, by the words she told us, but you know, I mean, like I said, I'm not religious, but for me, like the Bible, I've read the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament. I've taken a lot of wisdom, you know, from from that book. Uh, so you I, have read you have read the Bible? Yeah, since I was what, 13 years. So old. is that so, I've never read? I grew up Catholic, but I've never mm -hmm. read the Bible. Um, and is that something you, that you would read, like a book from? from beginning to end or is that something that you uh you know reference so for I, inspiration when i was young and i was like 14 most 
my, most of my friends have 14 they didn't even care you know about the bible or anything but my mom gave me a bible when i was 14 it's when my parents were getting divorced okay and i first i thought okay like i'm not why is my mom giving me a bible like this is you know this is not like a fun gift not but, for a 14 no you know but but i always <laughs> saw my mom but we all have a spirit and our spirit uh sometimes is drawn you know to feed the spirit is drawn to things that will feed the spirit yep. it's like your your body you know you're hungry you're drawn to things that would nourish your body you know? or what so, it needs like what salt it needs. or yep uh, but sometimes we're like okay the spiritual part is like oh i don't want people to think i'm like religious or you know but i i used to see my mom or watch her read the bible all the time okay and she was always happy like she, she was not religious at all um, so one day I read took the Bible and I just opened it and it was like in Proverbs and I just started reading, you know, and I realized like there was so much, uh, wisdom, okay. um, and so many positive, you know, words in, in, for example, just Proverbs, you know, um, that I kept reading it, okay. you know, since I was like 14, 15 and I read it every day, every day. And I took like, for example, there's like a verse that. I love, you know, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not into your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he would, he will direct your path. I mean, even if you take, okay, trust in the Lord out and you take the red. Those are, those are very specific, powerful words, powerful words, you know, and if you, you, if you're in a situation where like, you don't know what to do. Instead of saying like, oh, crap, nothing works, my life sucks, which a lot of people do all the time, you know, you trust. And like, okay, who do you trust in? Well, I decide to trust in God, even though I can see him yeah. or in a higher power that's higher than me. And you trust that he will guide your path. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a business person, I mean, you also start encounter encountering a lot of people who are not they don't have the best intentions. Yep. So how do you, you know, how do you know who to work with? How do you know if that person is going to cheat you? So it's, you follow that same, um, that same trust, you know, or that voice starts telling you like, you know, like those people are not, you know, don't have the yeah. same intentions that you do. Yeah. Uh, so for me, that's how I fed my spirit you know, for, for many, many, many years. Um, and then my grandmother was Jewish. Um, and my mom, you know, she started going to a synagogue more to study. Okay. Not, not like, you know, Orthodox and all these rules, but there's so much that she started learning of truth of how to live a successful life, you know? Um, so she's passed a lot of that. It's wisdom. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. if you, if you are in tough situation, it's like, well, you need wisdom to figure out how to overcome an obstacle, yep. how to be successful in business. Um, so, you know, I'll, I tell people like, you know, just find what fits your spirit. Yeah. Um, so I can tell you, um, I am, I mean, I'm not a, definitely not a religious person and I've never read the Bible, even though I grew up Catholic. Uh, although I do, I am kind of curious about potentially reading it as more of a book of, as a book, as opposed to a spiritual document, uh -huh. but, but that's another whole story. Uh -huh. But I will tell you the way that I get connected to my spirit or what have you is through exercise and running. Like I will tell you if I am feeling 
disconnected or I need guidance, I will go for a six-mile run. And it's a little bit of a meditative prayer situation when I'm running, um, and it's very, very helpful. Yeah, for me, sports and, and running and, uh, like you said, like, like running, it's always, it clears your mind, but then that voice talk, talks to you. Yes. Uh, ideas. I get Idea, so many I get ideas. so many ideas. Yeah. Running, it's unbelievable. It changes my brain. Like mm -hmm. something happens. It's like taking a drug, really. Like I hear people take um, like psychedelic drugs like mm -hmm. mushrooms, which I've never done. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of, it can be a little bit like that. Like I will have a challenge. And if I go for a run and I'm really focusing on my breathing, I will come up with all of these ideas mm -hmm. that I just simply would never come up with mm -hmm. if I wasn't in that heightened brain state that running does to me. Yeah, it's the same for me. You know, that's why I still keep uh, keep running. I, you know, I think pe more people also need to take exercise as a as a form of because you know running or biking or it it, it takes your mind out of of your of the place you're. You, ah, how do I say it? Um, it takes you out of the environment that you're always in. You, you yeah. Know, you know, like every day you're in this environment, whether it's like homework, work home, you know, if you have kids, you know, it's like, oh, you take your kids. It's like people are getting this monotonous uh, life, you yep. know, like with no nothing new. So I always tell people, like, do something. If you always drive the same road to work, like, mix it up. Make, or if you always go to the same place to get your coffee, go to another one. I, you know, it's like completely. You know, and and travel so or maybe. or or try something. Um, just try a new. Be open to trying a new experience mm -hmm. because I I completely agree with you that mo people do the same cycle. It's like home, work, Netflix whatever and then on the weekends you know whatever people are doing it's probably the same thing whether it's like going out to a bar drinking mm -hmm. or whether it's staying home and catching you know net netflix binging or what have you mm -hmm. uh, but i think being open to new adventures it kind of inspires you and you never know how it's going to inspire you to see things in a different way mm -hmm. yeah and then you you know when you go different places you meet different people too. Yes. You know, it's like if you go to, most people are, I mean, humans are, you know, we tend to do the same thing every day because we're comfortable. Yeah. It's hard to get out of that comfort zone, but we, when you get out of it, then you realize like, wow, you know, and that's why I talk about, um, you know, this, like for me, life is an adventure. You know, I don't take it as, oh, I have to wake up and do this and, you know, which, yeah. I love what I do. Yeah. You know, thank God that I'm fortunate to live of my passion. Um, but if I kept doing it over and over the same way every day, I would get the same results every day, you know? Yeah. And, and I think having a looking at your life and looking at what you do in a fresh way can make it more exciting. So one of the people that I interviewed for my podcast is a realtor. Mm -hmm. And the idea of being a realtor isn't particularly thrilling to me because I think about it as selling homes. And you can listen to the, the interview, but he thinks about his job as creating communities. 
So he's basically like selling homes in communities and pulling different people together to create a community. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this. I'm like, if I got out of bed every day thinking that's what I'm doing, that sounds incredible. That sounds amazing. That's much mm -hmm. more interesting than selling a house. Sure. So it's kind of like the similar idea of what you're saying. You think about what you're doing in a new, fresh way mm -hmm. makes it much more inspiring to, inspiring to get out of bed every morning. Yeah, and you can be creative in any profession. I mean, you know, you, you don't have to be an artist or a painter or an actor. Or I mean, you can be creative as a mechanic or you can be creative as a housewife or as an engineer or a business person. I think creativity gives you the opportunity to discover what you do, but in a different way. Yeah. You know? What do you, I agree with you. And I keep hearing that, well, that's kind of the, one of the points of the podcast uh -huh. and it keeps coming up. Um, can you tell, talk a little bit more about that, about how someone who is in a role that isn't traditionally considered create creative, how they could approach it in a creative way or be more creative? You know, I mean, there's a lot of professions that, I mean, if you're a doctor, you know, it, it's, it's hard to say like, okay, you know, today instead of operating the same, you know, the way you have to operate, I mean, there's professions that are very specific Absolutely. to get a result, you know, you know, you, you can't play with your patients, you know, you kill them. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's what being a doctor is all about is protocol. I mean, you still have to be specific in how you do your job sure. and how you do it, but is the the outside of that protocol yeah. is how do you do your life so it's not monotonous. Okay. You know? so, so it's like the, you know, the doctor getting from home, hospital, same way every, so it's like you become, you know, you, you, you try to change things in your life um, and like we say, you know, if you go to the same place every weekend, go somewhere else. If you go to the same bar or the same gym or if you run six miles every day, the same loop, well, do it in a different way another day, yeah. you know. Um, other professions are easier to entrepreneurship, you know, business people, you can be more, uh, more creative. You know, I mean, I have the opportunity to literally do whatever I want. I'm selling my merchandising, you yeah. know, and I don't just go buy the book. If I go to yeah. like a big retailer and they tell me like, okay, well, we'll take it on consignment. I'll figure out a way that, yeah. you know. Well, that's the whole idea of being a, I mean, being creative is such a big component of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Is being able to not go buy by the, book. the established rules and to be able to you know, think on the fly and come up with new ideas. Mm -hmm. I remember years ago, I was, uh, I started a small web development business and I was friends with someone who was going to medical school to become an anesthesiologist. And I remember I was envious because I knew that he, he's, I'm, he's, I'm sure he's a very wealthy anesthesiologist uh -huh. right now. But I remember him being very curious about what I was doing. And I told him I was creating websites for small businesses and I was doing graphic design. And, and he's like, so where do you get your clients? And I was describing that. And I'll never forget him telling me that he was, I don't know the words he used, but he sort of admired it because he said, 
I'm never going to be able to do anything creative in my entire career as an mm -hmm. anesthesiologist. Like I'm basically, I am learning the protocol and the steps and the rules. I will not have that opportunity. And I had never thought of that at mm -hmm. all. I had always, I always just thought about being an anesthesi anesthesiologist, you're going to be very wealthy. Uh -huh. I never thought that there would be really any negative implications. Not that that's necessarily negative, mm -hmm. but I just never thought of it in that way. Yeah. That it's really, it's all about adhering. And I think a lot of roles that people are in, I think a lot of the rules and the ways to be successful, someone has kind of already figured it out. And you just need to do what tasks are laid out for you. Mm -hmm. And you either try to do them more of them than you're the person sitting next to you, mm -hmm. or you try to do them with better uh, quality. Um, and, you know, and neither one of those is very creative. So I think that it is, it's a, it's a challenge for people to come up with ways to approach things in a, in a new way. Yeah, in those cases, that's why, you know, you need to be more creative in your, because, I mean, building homes too. I mean, there's a way, I mean, unless you discover new ways to, you know, build homes, new materials and things like that. But there's things like are laid out already that, yeah. you know, um, it's hard to get out of of that. If not, you know, you kill a person. <laughs> yeah, if you're thinking about new ways, new yeah. materials, inventing a new material to build a home, yeah. there's, some, there's some risk associated mm -hmm. with that. Okay. Yeah. So can you provide listeners two pieces of advice that they can use to use the creative parts of their mind to move things forward in their life? Always know where you're going and know what you want, because if, if you don't know what you want, I mean, that's like for me, the first step, what do you want? Okay. And in order to get where you want and you figure out different ways to go get it, you know? Um, and the second one is never give up because, you know, it's, it's not easy, uh, but it's possible. Yeah. So you really need to make a decision like not to give up if it's something that you really, really want and that you're passionate about. Um, and I always finish like when I do like conference or, or, you know, an interview and there's a phrase that I wrote that I think summarizes pretty much everything I do that says, it doesn't matter where you come from or how much money you have. If you have faith, a dream and you work hard, you can accomplish anything. Well, all right. <laughs> That's great. Where can people learn about you and learn about your products? Social media, I'm uh, Juan de las Curain. Uh, can you spell that? Yes, J-U-A-N and then D-E space L-A-S-C-U-R-A-I-N. All Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, and then dreambigworld.com as well. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. Thank I, you for having me. I really enjoyed this. I'm so glad that I got to see your um, the talk that you gave yesterday, and I listened to it, and I'm thinking, I need to get this guy on my podcast, and I'm so glad that this worked out. Yes, thank you. Thank you for reaching out. <laughs> nice to meet you. My name is Ricky McGeckrin, and you have been listening to Eager to Know, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Eager to Know podcast.